But now winter is truly coming, and in the winter, we must protect ourselves. Look after one another. No one will take my dragons. The occasional kindness will spare you all sorts of trouble down the road. For the night is dark and full of terrors. Let me give you some advice, bastard. Never forget what you are. I meant no disrespect to you, of all people. What is dead may never die! What is dead may never die! Ah! If you want to own a sword, you better know how to use it. This war is far from over. Winter is coming. Hey everyone, welcome to Gab of Thrones. I'm Jonathan. And this is Jay. Jay, what are we talking about today? What are we talking about today? We are continuing our look at Season 7, Episode 2, Stormborn. Yeah, baby. One of Daenerys' 600 names is... Oh my god, yeah. The Breaker of Chains, uh, Mother of Dragons, um... The Khaleesi of the Great Grass Sea. Right. What else is she? <sighs> She's the hottie from something, something. I don't know. She's got a lot of them. She does have a lot of names. <laughs> she does, but yeah, she's uh, she's also known as Daenerys Stormborn, Daenerys Targaryen. And I think what we see in this episode, kind of continuing what we saw in the first one. Like you said, the first one, it's a chess game. Pieces that are on the board. First move, here we go. <laughs> right, so uh, last week's episode, Dragonstone, ended with uh, Daenerys asking Tyrion, shall we begin? And this one opens up with her kind of, uh, I guess in her war room with the with the big stone map of uh, Listerios and all their various mm-hmm. kingdoms. And she's surrounded by her allies. Uh, Jay, you have the better memory. Who, who are her allies? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Lady Elena's there. Tyrion's from, there. Uh, well, oh, Lady Elena is yeah, from. Sure. She is from uh, House Tyrell. House Tyrell. Okay. Uh, the Sand Snakes are there. Uh, the Martells, I believe, from Dorne. Yes, they are from Dorne. Uh, we have the Greyjoys. Uh, Theon and Yara are there, and Tyrion is there. And I don't think I'm missing anybody. You know what I? One of the first things I noticed about this mm-hmm. scene uh, in my most recent rewatch is that they're all very powerful women. Now, I'm saying this because they don't make a big deal about that. <laughs> you know, it was never. It seemed very natural that they were all there. Whereas it seems nowadays, uh, especially with movies, that if a woman's leading your movie, they have to make a big deal about that. Um, but here you have some of the most powerful women in Westeros. Well, most, some of the most powerful people in Westeros are all women, and that includes Cersei, who's sitting on the Iron Throne at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and you're very right about that. You know, um, the show doesn't make a big deal out of it, and HBO, who puts the show out, doesn't, like, put that in your face. You know, girl power, you know, things like that, where Captain Marvel coming out pretty soon, and it seems this this is all we're hearing about. You yeah. know, instead of instead of hearing content, we're just hearing, "Hey, we got a woman, and she's she's pretty badass." Right, as if uh, Wonder Woman didn't come out two years ago either. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, exactly. I digress, I digress. It's just you know, it is with the rewatch. I just noticed it, and I really uh, enjoyed it because I remember the first time seeing it. I'm like, "Wow!" Like the war room. I'm so excited because we talked about it last week. They set it up so like you're ready for. Daenerys to just get out there and start kicking butt and here she is planning the war and um, yeah, stupid Tyrion throwing water on like ah, we're not going to rush into it because they're all pretty much saying let's attack King's Landing you know um, mm-hmm. but what do you, so what do you think of that strategy because they don't, she says, she repeats actually what Tyrion says, um, you don't want to be queen of ashes because basically you send the dragons and this war is over yeah and you know again both arguments really have some great sides to it. I mean, look, she's got a lot of powerful allies there. She's got three dragons. I mean, this war could end then and there. But 
you come in with a show of force like that, you bring in the dragons, people are going to think back to, oh yeah, here we go, the Mad King all over again, the Targaryens all over again. I definitely understand both sides. Um, I think what's really interesting, though, is kind of when all this wraps up afterwards, and I know we'll jump back to it, is what uh, Elena says to her about Tyrion, about clever men in general. You know, her whole line about that, where she's, uh, you know, clever men love to be clever and this and that. And she says, like, I- I've known a lot of them. They're all right. gone. I'm still here. So, and I think, Well, I think that was a really good move on Daenerys as far as is because she projects the strike she projects the I'm the queen she's like I'm going to take your advice but I'm going to make my decision and at the end of that and she pretty much decides to go against what all the other um, her allies go you know what they want to do she goes against it and then they reluctantly agree but she has the wherewithal to when they leave to ask you know for some advice from Lady Olena Olena you know because she understands that and I think I think these are these these are little things they put in the show to show that Daenerys is a, is a good leader is going to be a good leader and a good queen. Yeah, absolutely because you know, she could just say I'm in charge and this is and this is it and just really kind of almost kind of pull a Cersei and just really just do whatever she wants. Uh, she gets the advice from everybody. She hears everybody out. And then, you know, kind of rightly so, she goes to, like, the oldest and wisest one there. Because, I mean, again, what Lady Elena says is, I've known a lot of clever people. They're dead. I'm still here. So she's doing something right to have lasted this long. Because you watch this show, people don't have a long life expectancy. So yeah, she's doing true, pretty so. good. But it, it does make you question because you see the value in attacking King's Landing with the dragons, getting Cersei, ending it as quickly as possible. You see the you see the value in that, but you also see the value in their like two or three pronged attack. Where um, so basically they say the armies of Dorne and um, Lady, where is she from again? Uh, Tyrell, like House Tyrell. House I don't know exactly. Tyrell. Yeah, right. Um, that they would they would um, lay siege to King's Landing, basically not let anything in or out of the city, and let, kind of let them starve. Um, and they do that because they don't want the foreigners to be looked at as invaders and have them invading King's Landing, which would kind of prop up the propaganda that uh, Cersei is probably laying out there. And then the Unsullied and Dothraki would go, or just the Unsullied, I believe, would go and take. Um, uh, Casterly, yeah, Casterly Rock, Rock. Which, is, mm-hmm. which is the home base of of the Lannisters. Uh, it's a good, yeah. it's a good plan. It's a great plan. I yeah. mean, you know, it, it's very sound on paper, absolutely. And the, you, you you get the idea that it's Tyrion's plan, um, in the sense that uh, Daenerys listens to him and then listens to her allies and decides to go with his plan. Well, you know, let's not forget that he's the guy that pretty much um, orchestrated the defense of King's Landing the first time around. Uh, second season, I believe it was, Bladder, uh, Battle of Blackwater Bay. Right. Uh, you know, and he was a hero there, and it worked. And really, I can't really think up until this point, I can't think of a plan of his or strategy of his that's really kind of gone south on him. So you, you almost sort of think like yeah, guy's on a hot streak. He knows what he's talking about. He's probably one of the smartest people in in, in the seven realms, the kingdoms, all that. So, and, and like I said, when he explains it, I'm like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So, right. what what could go wrong? Yeah, I was, you know, I always thought Cersei's got a man on for him about he. She just hates him and wants him dead as soon as possible, and, and they play it up as more of. Uh, you know, well, A, he's a dwarf, and B, you know, he killed our mother, you know, she died giving birth to him, that's why she hates him. But I think there's that jealousy there, that he, there's a there's a part of Cersei that knows that he would be a better leader than her, that he's smarter than her, that he knows more than her, that he would be more loved, beloved, um, than she would. So I think that's really what drives her hate, well, drove her hate for him, now the fact that he's openly the hand of, you know, Daenerys is uh you know now she's now she can rally everybody around her in order to, to kill him even J- even jamie's having a hard time kind of defending him at this point yeah and i mean because one of the things that they bring up is the fact that he did kill their father but the th- see the thing that's funny about that is a lot of the things that she mentions you know he he killed our mother 
well, you never really knew her, and that's an accident at childbirth. You know, he killed our father. Well, she didn't exactly like her father anyway. It's it's a lot of excuses, but I think you're right. I think what it is is deep down, she's a very vain person, and she knows that he would be much more beloved. I mean, as as a leader, or even even if he was the hand of the queen, uh, you know, Daenerys takes over, she's the queen, and he's the hand. He would be the most beloved Lannister there ever was, and she just can't deal with that. Right, right. So they, the war um, council ends. She she gets some advice from Lady Olenia, and then she has a conversation with um, Varys. Varys, yes, Varys. Okay, which I love because you really you forget because there's so much time in between seasons and stuff like that. You really forget that Varys has been doing what's best for Varys, you know? Uh, he's, he's, he's pledged loyalty to anybody that that would, you know, have him be loyal to them, and probably had a sword as threat at the time. And she calls him on that. She's like, look, you know, you were you were my father's uh, advisor, then you became Robert Baratheon's advisor, um, and then I think he was also involved with Joffrey's council for a bit, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so she's like, why should I trust you? And, and it's a great moment, because he's He's like, the problem is, you don't understand, I work for the people. I'm about what's best for the people. And if you don't believe that, then you can kill me right here. You know? Um, but I like that she did that. I like that she called him up. Yeah, and I think like what you said, it just, again, it keeps showing what a great leader that she is because, yeah, it's very true. You know, he's he looks to be a very self-serving person. But we have seen instances where he has declared, not to her, this is the first time he does it, where he has declared, you know, he works for the people. Uh, he, he said it to Ned Stark. I think he said it to Tyrion to convince Tyrion to, to meet um, Daenerys. And I believe him when he says it. I, I, I sincerely believe him. And I mean, to say that, you know, if, if you think I'm lying, go ahead. Now's your chance. You can end yeah. it. I won't stop you. And that's that takes guts. That really does. Yeah, and, and she has the presence of mind to understand his value and not kill him. Now, um, we, we mix up a bit because that actually happens before the War Council. Um, and the, yeah, next thing, okay. the, yeah, the next thing happens before the War Council, too. So, uh, you know, she's like, look, I believe you, but if you're betraying me, I'm going to feed you or burn you alive, I think she said. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So, and and you believe her when she says it. Trust me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I think I think uh, we've seen it before, and and you know, upcoming. I mean, we'll see it. I mean, she she doesn't make idle threats, not at all. And then almost immediately after this scene, uh, we have a woman is introduced to Daenerys that I've been wanting dead for probably three seasons at this point, <laughs> and it's Melisandre, <laughs> the Red Woman. <laughs> And uh, what kind of news does she bring? Oh, boy. I mean, she's... It's pretty interesting, because I, I... See, I don't really understand. I always thought she acted alone. And I didn't realize that there was almost like a whole network of these these uh, red, red women. Priestesses. Red priestesses and everything. And she's, she's trying to say... Is this the one where she's trying to say that to kind of enhance her reputation to kind of allow her or her sisters to kind of preach about her is this, is this the one is this the scene because no no this is just her ah uh, this her is just John her snow. yeah that's right that's right this is the one where she urges her to meet john snow and and, and again what's interesting here is you, you know you look she served barath status baratheon and you know she wanted all these other would-be usurpers killed she claims to be following the Lord of Light. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think I'm with you. I think. Well, the thing, this is, the this thing is, is not a character. I like. The things about her is, you know, the things Stannis did because she advised him is what makes her such a reprehensible person. Obviously, uh, not just killing. Uh, I mean, it was what the the brother, his brother-in-law, right? Got burned at his... a stake on the beach, I believe. That's right, and then, um, uh, and then of course the uh, his daughter, his youngest daughter, who who she told Stannis to sacrifice so they could win the battle against the Boltons, and they wind up losing anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 
she she's pretty reprehensible. I mean, okay, she did bring back Jon Snow, but uh, I I just really don't know with her. But yeah, I mean, I again, I think this is a good idea for her to meet Jon Snow because they're going to be very powerful allies together and right. I mean, she needs all the allies she could get and she's also going to play a key factor in what's going on up north. It just makes sense. I just wish it was somebody else that was coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, she has to, it, the thing is she has to be talking to agreeing to meet Jon Snow. I know Tyrion uh, vouches for him uh, because they spent time on their travels to uh, Castle Black. Mm-hmm. I think that was way back in season one. Season one, yeah. And um, the best is the scene ends with her saying, all right, you know, send for Jon Snow. Tell him to come meet me. To bend the knee. I was to like, bend the I'm knee. Like, I'm like, <laughs> that ain't happening. Or maybe, well, who knows what Jon Snow. You know. All right. <sighs> so, uh, oh, yeah, and then we have a nice little sex scene between Grey Worm and Miss Andrew. Miss, Miss, An- Miss Andrew. Miss Andrew, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know how that works. I mean, I know how it's supposed to work, but he's a eunuch, so I don't know how it really works. But anyway. I mean that was I mean that was a good scene because he he pretty much says to her really until he met her he had no fear now he does have fear and his fear is is that if he does die I mean before he had absolutely nothing to live for so he dies he dies he doesn't care if he dies he'll never see her again and that is his fear and that, that was nice that was a nice little touch yeah that was a nice little scene and it's it's, it's listen to that I like that they flesh out these maybe even third tier characters you know like Grey Worm mm-hmm. Get Sully and Miss Andrew, who's you know really chief job is to be interpreter. You know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, yes. that's pretty much everything in this episode that happens at Dragonstone. Um, yes. Let's take a quick detour to Old Town. Where, oh yeah. Where Samwell is there with the now I kept calling them Meisters last year because I was thinking Burger Meister Meister Burger. <laughs> uh, I think it's Meisters, right? I think they're the, the Meisters, and, and he is with. The Grand Maester. Yeah, the Grand Maester of the Wall. Played by Mr. Jim Broadbent, by the way. Great actor. Mm, good call. Didn't know that. <laughs> uh, so he's there with the uh, Arch Maester uh, and Samwell, and they're looking at Jorah, and basically the Arch Maester says, uh, you're going to die. And Jorah goes, well, how long? He goes, oh, you know, it could take 20 years. He goes, but your mind will go long before that. And mm-hmm. he's like, basically says to him, Look, I normally I banish you right away to Valerum, I guess. Is what it's called. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much where he first came, uh, came in contact with uh, the people with Grayscale, and he got infected. Yeah, pretty much there. Right. He goes, but since you're you're knighted, um, I'll give you. I'll, I'll banish you tomorrow. <laughs> so he gave him one night, and I think, well, as the scene ends, it kind of you kind of get the idea that he's giving him the opportunity to commit suicide. Yeah, because it's pretty much a death sentence. I mean. We, we do know only one time has this disease been cured or stopped, and that was with Stannis' daughter. Uh, you know, the Archmaester says, well, we were able to catch it very early, we worked really hard on it, but this, this is a far gone case. It's pretty much a death sentence, and I think you're right. He's pretty much, I'll let you go tomorrow, kind of expecting to show up tomorrow, and he's taking his own life. Right, and Sam, well... Uh, as he's leaving the room, finds out his name is Jorah Mormont, and of course, the maester over at Castle Black was uh, Jorah's father, mm-hmm. uh, who died there and was a, was an ally of Sam and, and, and a mentor of Sam. So that gets Sam thinking. Uh, so uh, Sam comes by yeah. later that night. He's got some medicines and a, and a flagon of uh, rum with him, <laughs> and uh, he's basically gonna. gonna takes out an old book and finds uh, that there is a possible cure for grayscale, but it involves taking off layers uh, of the grayscale, oh. which is layers of skin, and uh, yes. applying some kind of, uh, what I guess, what I assume would be what we would call an antibiotic or something, mm-hmm. on top of it. And um, yeah, it looks really painful. You got to give it to the, I don't know why for the past two episodes, Sam's involved with the two most disgusting scenes in each episode. <laughs> But he, you know, he stabs. He stabs it with a scalpel, and all the pus oh, comes out. All the pus comes out, and then he takes off like a whole sheet of it, and it just looks disgusting. Like, oh, 
And on top of that, he pretty much tells them, like, look, we're really not supposed to be doing this. So, uh, you know, he gives them, like, like uh, something to bite down on. And he's like, you know, please try to be quiet, because if they catch us, we're finished. So I, I can't even imagine. I mean, yeah. even even taking some swigs of rum or, or whatever, I, I can't even imagine going through all of this. But look, he wants to get back to Daenerys. He, I think to him, this is nothing. This is nothing. Yeah. He's got to get back to Daenerys. He will do this because it's going to save his life. Yeah, and that was her last order, right? Yes, it was. She sure. said, you go find a cure. And he he is loyal to a fault. So he absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and I like his, he's got, you know, we talked last week about, um, I forgot, someone's arc. And uh, who was The that? Hound. We talked about the, the Hound's hound arc. His right. arc, yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I like, Jorah Jor has like a mini arc himself because he's, He's he's been kind of shunned, I guess is the best word, right? Because he was uh, mm-hmm. his his family was very well. He's a Mormon, and yes, uh, he was a knight, and he what was he was he was selling slaves, I believe, right? He was or selling slaves. Slave. He was selling people into slavery. He was selling people into slavery. Uh, he had a wife that loved an extravagant lifestyle. He had to keep up with it. He was caught by Ned Stark. He uh, was banished. Uh, he tried to win favor back by betraying Daenerys but when he saw really the good in her and I also think too fell in love with her yeah he uh you know he he went against it he stopped the assassination but he did kind of come clean about who he was she banished him he fought his way back has this disease grayscale he had to go away yeah it's a great arc it really is and like you said you know he's kind of like a second tier character I mean, it was so fleshed out. I mean, it's yeah. it's you, you just get so invested in, in, in all of these characters. Well, that's what they do great in the show because you know they could make Grey Worm just the leader of the Unsullied. They could make, I mean, all their names up, Miss Andra, just the mm-hmm. interpreter. And they don't, you know, I mean, you could, you could, you don't need to go into their backstories or create these other things. Uh, Jorah could just be, you know, loyal knight to Daenerys. You don't need to go into their backstories, but they do, and it really fleshes them out. And it really makes you really because Jorah is one of my favorite people now. I just think he's, I, I appreciate his loyalty, and I appreciate how far he's willing to go for Daenerys. Look, that looked pain. I mean, the things all over his arm, over his front and back oh. of his chest. You know, that's all. We don't know the outcome of the. Uh, well, I mean, we do because we've seen the season, season. But at this point, if we're seeing it fresh, we don't know the outcome of the of Sam's uh, surgery. So yes. um, he's willing, you know, he's risking death at this point. And I really think he's, he's, his, his arc um, worked out really well. Um, if it ends here, then it ends here. And, and I think they served him well, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else about Old Town or Sam? Or... No, I think we, we pretty much got it covered. And uh... well, actually, I wanted to talk a little bit about Sam. Sure. I just thought. Okay. Um, he is he he is so different than he was in the beginning. He was afraid of everything. I couldn't mm-hmm. couldn't do anything. You know, I mean, John had to beg him that first season just to pick up the sword to train. You know, and, <laughs> yes. uh, and then get knocked out of his hand for a swing. Um, and now he's sneaking, you know, behind the, the maester's back, and he's helping uh, Jorah out of loyalty to his father, to Jorah's father. And um, yeah, I really enjoy. Um, Sam's role and how he's become a, a kind of a major player in all this. Yeah, he, I mean, he really has. And uh, the other night, uh, my daughter's watching, and we were watching um, pretty much when Mance Raider and all the wildlings attacked Castle Black. And Sam was one of the ones that was really stepping up. Now, granted, he didn't do a lot of fighting, but he was motivating other people. He was he he could have hid in a storeroom and cowered, but he knew. He's like, look. I'm going to die one way or another. I'm going to do something with my time. You know, I'm not just going to hide. I'm going to actually do something. And, you know, again, here, he wants to be a maester more than anything, but he's breaking rules left and right, knowing he could get kicked out, excommunicated, whatever it is. But he, he does it out of a sense of, of loyalty and honor and, and duty. And, yeah, the, the fat, sniveling coward of season one is, is long gone, for right. sure. Well, let me ask this. Does he want to be a maester? Or does he want to do whatever John needs him to do? He wants to do whatever John needs him to right. do. Now he he goes there thinking 
it's becoming a maester or at least learning from the maesters but when he we saw it last week uh in dragonstone he really sees that these guys are academics that hide behind their walls mm-hmm. and they possess great knowledge but they don't want to share it they they really don't want to do good with it or, or, or help out. So he, he's starting to see that he's got to take a more proactive approach. Well, you even look at the sense, it's the, it's the theory of what's the point of having all this knowledge if you're not going to use it. So mm-hmm. people have been suffering with Greystone, uh, Grayscale for how long? And he just finds the right book and there's instructions in there how to get rid of it. It's painful and it might not work all the time, but it's in there. Like As opposed to banishing all these, like we don't know how many people are in Valerum. Um, uh, exactly, but you know, it gives you the idea. Look, the Archmaester said to him, "You know, well, you know, it's pointless. Your mind's going to go." Um, and he's like, "No," and that's, you know, that's the thing about Sam is he doesn't give up. He always see, he tries to see if there's another answer, and uh, yeah, I appreciate that. The fact that exists is that whoever sits on this on the throne at the end of this thing, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they probably are the ones that fought and they led and all this stuff. But what this show is showing us second time I said that phrase is that <laughs> it's a lot of these second and third tier characters that are really contributing a lot that John wouldn't be where he is if it wasn't for people like Sam and Melisandra um, Daenerys wouldn't have been there if it was for people like Jor- Jorah and um, Tyrion and you know yeah they're not swinging the sword yeah they're not um, having the cool lines or anything like that but they're they're definitely as responsible for the outcome of all of this as, as the main people Oh yeah, I mean absolutely. It's you know I think I think we talked about this last week. The fact that this show is rich with characters, second tier, third tier characters, and you feel like you really get to know them all, and and in big ways and small ways. I mean everybody seems to participate in this giant Game of Thrones, and it's it's really good to see that because easily the show could just be about. John and 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 Daenerys and Cersei and and Jamie and just big epic battles back and forth, which is good and fun to see. But when you see really great writing like this, and you see that really all these characters, like John, you know, John has you know, like you said, he has Sam. Now he has Sir Davos with him as well, advising him. And, and Daenerys has a flock of advisors as well, and and allies and. You know, it's it really kind of shows you that it's not just one who's the strongest. Right. It's really who's best prepared, who's right. best prepared to lead. Yeah. And and I think you're gonna see that whoever sits on that Iron Throne is someone that leads in a way that inspires loyalty, not demands it. I think that's how this is all going to turn out. Because John has those people around him because he inspires their loyalty. Daenerys mm-hmm. has those people around him because she inspires loyalty. Absolutely. Um, and let's just one more thing. Let's not forget that Sam risks getting grayscale by even performing this operation. Yeah, that's that's actually very true, too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not even so much that they'll get caught and he'll get kicked out and who knows what they'll do to Jorah. He can get it himself, but Jorah's father was good to him and was a mentor to him, and he felt like, I owe it to you. And I think he also felt like, you're a human being. If, right. if there's something I could do to help you, I have to do it. And he he does it. He goes ahead and, and he performs this very dangerous operation. And right. we'll see. Well, look, it's that character trait of his that made him save Tilly and young Sam. You know, mm-hmm. Gilly. Gilly? Gilly. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's Old Town. So let's yes. go over to Winterfell. Ooh. The North, so, the North remembers. <laughs> so John gets a message from Tyrion about asking him to come and meet Daenerys, mm-hmm. and um, he speaks to Sansa about going. And I think they decide. Well, he speaks to Sansa and Davros, and yes. uh, they both say no. You'd be silly to go there. Uh, Sansa, who who understands that Tyrion helped her, still doesn't trust any anybody to name Lannister. Uh, rightly so. Um, yeah, yeah, we can't blame her for that. Absolutely. <laughs> and sir, and and uh, Davos is just kind of like, look, you're the king of the north now. We got other things to worry about than you going to meet the you know this this woman who's claiming to be queen. You know, um, 
And, yeah. and you have to wonder, and you also have to wonder too, you know, the name Targaryen. I mean, the last Targaryen that sat on the Iron Throne, I mean, that that stigma has to follow her as well, is, you know, we had the Mad King. Is this the Mad King's mad daughter? Because really, they know, they know next to nothing about her. I mean, she pretty much just showed up at Westeros for the entire run of the show. She's been overseas i mean it's really if anything they hear rumor about her um so well she I'm literally sure. shows up with, with an army of barbarians as far as wisterians are they know the the dothraki to be barbarians they know the unsullied to be mercenaries you know mm -hmm. it's an army you buy pretty much so yeah i mean if you know you think of the newspaper headline it's it's former <laughs> mad queen mad king's daughter arrives in Westeros with foreign army and mercenary army. You're like, what? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, let's go meet her. <laughs> so, I think, and then smart. I mean, look, as the viewer, you're like, no, you have to go down there. Blah, blah. But in in the show itself, in that world, that's a smart decision. I think John understands that. And I was surprised that he took Sansa and Davros' um, advice in that respect. Well, I think, you know, Sansa was flat out against it because yeah. she's like, you know, we're going to lose the king in the north and, and, and Sir Davos is against it. But then kind of on a side note says, well, you know, we got the army of the dead coming. It'd be nice to have some fire breathing dragon that could right. really help us out. Is this also when he gets news from Sam that there is a mountain of dragon glass? Well, he, gets little, underneath? he gets a little later, but the decision, oh, okay. his initial decision is I'm not going to go. And then he mm -hmm. gets uh, a raven arrives later from Sam telling him, uh, hey, that dragon glass we've been looking for, yeah, Dragonstone is practically sitting on top of a mountain of it. So now yeah. he's like, I gotta go. Like, Absolutely. And, and that's what I love about John is like, you know, he, he makes the early decision based on, you know, he, he seeks out advice, he gets the advice, mm -hmm. he makes the decision. But then he prioritizes, like, no, we need dragon glass. We know where it is. Let's, I, I'm gonna go and we're going to figure this out. I'm going to work out a way for her to let me get that dragon glass. Um, and he presents this to the assembled heads of the northern clan. So, you know, I guess the yeah. Bannermen, I guess they're called? Yeah, pretty much um, the Bannermen. All the Bannermen up there, yeah. Right, and, and what's great about this scene is it's the first time you see uh, Lyanna Mormont kind of go against your king. And she stands up and says, "No, you're the king of the north. We need you in the north. We're preparing for the White Walkers," and it's it it makes sense because John just spent the episode before imploring them, "We have to get ready for the White Walkers. We have to forgive the people that that followed the Boltons. We need everybody we can. Everybody must be here. Everybody must trade." And now, you know, a couple of days later, he's like, "All right, look, here's the deal. I gotta go south." <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "What?" And, um, <laughs> and yeah, and Leanna Mormont's like, "No, dude, you're the king of the north." You better stay here, and um, he 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 hears them, but he, he goes, "This is the most important thing I need to do is to get that dragon glass." He leaves Sansa in, in charge and leaves yes. with uh, Sir Davros, right? Sir, Sir Davros, Davros, yeah. Well, I th I think initially they were trying to get him to kind of like, "All right, fine, we need the dragon glass. Send, you know, who are you going to send to to negotiate?" And he's like, "No, no, no." It's got to be face to face, you know. It's got to be the King of the North meets Daenerys with her all her titles and everything. This this is how it has to be, you know. He and, and I think that's something that he got from Ned, you know, from Ned Stark is the fact. One of the lessons that Ned kind of instilled in him and him in is is you know if you're gonna if you're gonna do a job, you know, you do it. You don't send others to do it. Uh, he taught them that early on. He said, you know, look, if you have to execute somebody, you're the one swinging the sword. Right. You know, if, if you're can't, you swing the sword. Absolutely. So that's what he's saying now is like, she summoned me. I have to make this deal. And Sansa's in charge. Before he goes, though, he, uh, I believe he has a little talk with a certain somebody. Uh, well, yes. Yeah, just... Before we do that, so it's it, it's mm -hmm. really smart of him diplomatically because. He knows if he sends an emissary, that's going to shut down any possibility of getting a dragon glass. It's going to shut down any alliance to fight the White Walkers. Um, and he's smart. He understands that because he understands uh, Tyrion sent a note himself and, you know, to implore their past friendship or whatever. And you're right. It, it's really smart on his part. And this is something he learned from Ned. The thing is, as much as every time he shows that he's like Ned, I'm like, 
that's awesome. But then I'm like, but it didn't work out for Ned. <laughs> Being Ned didn't work out for Ned. <laughs> so let's hope he knows when to deviate from his lessons. From Ned. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But you're right. So before he goes, he goes to his, I just call it the basement, but I guess it's like the tunnels where they have the statues of the of the Starks that have passed before. Yes. Um, and he gets a visitor, right? I believe he does. I believe this is when uh, Littlefinger shows up, if I'm not mistaken. From out of a shadow. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, you called it. Yeah, you said this last week. Yep, he comes from out of the shadows. Um, You'll never see him walk through a door. (laughs) Yeah, this is true. (laughs) Ah, God, this guy. Did you know that the actor that portrays him, and I can't think of his name right now, um... Because I knew I've seen him in other things, uh, not really big, big roles. Uh, I know he was in Bohemian Rhapsody. He was Queen's manager for quite some time. He played that character. He was the villain in the John Cena film Twelve Rounds. So I, I think he's really kind of come up in the world, was, going yeah. from a CIA <laughs> in Dark Knight Rises, the beginning of Dark Knight Rises. That's right. That's he right. He was also, uh, I think, three seasons on The Wire as Mayor Parkinson. I did not really watch The Wire, so I'll take oh, your word for it. You gotta watch The Wire. I will podcast <laughs> you, all day long on The Wire. Do you do you know how many shows I have to watch? <laughs> I'm so backlogged. Do you know how many HBO shows you have to watch? <laughs> have you seen Deadwood? Uh, I no, I haven't. Oh my god, dude! Three seasons. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do, do it. it. Yeah, it's. We'll get me started just on HBO shows alone, and then we'll get into Netflix shows. But that's another podcast. <laughs> so anyway, little figures comes out of the shadows and has dun, dun, dun. <laughs> how's that go for little figure that conversation with John? <laughs> Basically, John is like, "You touch my sister, I'll kill you." <laughs> oh my god! It's so how creepy is it that he's down in the basement? John's mm-hmm. like, "You don't belong here," and he goes, yes. "I apologize, my king." But then he professes his love for his mother, his uh, love for his sister. Uh, just he gave me the douche chills, man. I was like, ugh. And oh, then yeah. God, God grabs him by the neck, shoves him against the wall, and basically says, "You touch my sister while I'm gone, I'll kill you myself." And the thing is, you know, you would see that as, oh my God, it's a threat. I better back down. The look on his, you know, the look in his face is opportunity. I could create some division here. <laughs> and he, but he's even like, he's like, look, let me remind you, you'd be dead if it wasn't for the Knights of the Veil. Right? <sighs> yeah, he keeps, he like, keeps playing that card. Yeah. Well, I was like, I'm waiting for John to be like, uh, yeah, don't make me forget that you killed my aunt too. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. <laughs> well, does he? Does he know that? Uh, does he know that? I'm sure he suspects it. Uh-oh. He probably suspects it. As far as I know, or as far as we know, Sansa's the only one that does know that. Yeah, so don't you think Sansa would have shared that with John by now? She might have. I mean, if he knows, we don't know. <laughs> well, we are. We, the concern is that Littlefinger is manipulating Sansa. Although, the way she pushed back last week, mm-hmm. maybe, because up to the last, before last week, it looked like he was really manipulating the crap out of Sansa. But with her little pushback last week, I'm starting to think maybe Sansa knows a lot more than we give her credit for. Right. But the thing is, though, is I think that that makes him realize, okay, I got to step up my game now. Yeah, maybe. You know, yeah. And I think this this is why we get him lurking in the catacombs. And, you know, you, you, it can't be an accident that they walked into one another. He, he, you know, look, this is the Game of Thrones. He's playing the game. He's making his moves. And I think his presence there is he wanted to see what kind of a reaction do I get out of John? And I think he knew what he was going to get. And he's just already thinking, how can I use this? How can I start manipulating? Because John is gone. Sansa is there. He's, and he's, as far as he knows, he's got Sansa's ear. Yes, as far as he knows. So he's he's starting to play the game. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, so it ends basically with um, with the Phil scene. It ends with him with John and Sir Davos leaving for uh, Dragonstone. That is correct. All right. And then, next, we have a quick scene. We have a um, a nice little callback. Hot Pie makes an appearance. <laughs> you gotta uh, love. You gotta yeah. love this guy. Arya's <laughs> in his tavern or restaurant that they left him at to be a baker, mm-hmm. and she um, basically. He walks by, says hi to her, puts down a tray of food. She's like, uh, okay, I'll eat this. 
since eating food, <laughs> drinking the ale. And I misspoke last week because I thought Ed, the little Ed Sheeran scenes when she found out that John was alive and I'd taken Winterfell back. It's mm-hmm. actually this scene where Hot Pie, Hot Pie tells her, because he says, where are you going? She goes, I'm going to King's Landing to kill the Queen. And he goes, oh, I thought for sure you'd be headed back to Winterfell uh, since John, you know, won the Battle of the Bastards. And Arya at first doesn't even believe him. He's like, well, why would I lie about that, you know? Exactly. I'm a baker. Yeah. <laughs> and that's great because when they leave, uh, she says, you know, what did she say? Try not to die or something like that? I think so, yeah. And, she and says something says, like that. He goes, he goes, I'm like you, Arya. I'm a survivor. I was like, oh. or, does, or does he still call her Ari? I, I think, think he still calls her. Yeah, I think he still calls her Ari. <laughs> hey, well, he, Ari? he said something like, I think he said something like, I can't believe I didn't know you weren't a boy. You're, you're really pretty or you're cute or something like that. He does he say something like that. that. Yeah. He yeah. does say that to her. And Hot Pie, Hot Pie, it's great to see you again, but dude, you got to stop sampling your, your cooking. Oh, God. It's a lot bigger than he was. He really does. He What's really does. What? Well, you know what they say, never never trust a skinny cook, so there you that, go. It was, really great. it was really great to see Hot Pie. He just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> he, and he, he does that throughout the show. You know, they'll yeah. just, you know, you'll see them stop somewhere, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a minute, this is uh, Hot Pie's end. There he is. And, he, and he's always, you know, again, he always has a little tidbit that pushes characters where they need to go, so... Seems to be like, eh, he's a silly baker guy, but he's he's a cog in the wheel. He's he's a pretty important player, you know. He he got her turned around, and now it's sort of like we're thinking, oh, we're gonna have all the Starks reuniting pretty soon. Yeah, and it was it was a great scene when she got on the horse, and she started she trotted a little bit toward the south, and then she just kind of looked behind her, and then she turned the horse around. Yeah, like she's going north. So that was awesome, and. Um, and then she she meets a familiar face in the woods. Do mm. you remember that? No, I don't. I don't know why I'm blanket on this. No. You know what it is? I think what it is is when I rewatch these sometimes. Um, I think I tend to like try to look for like little things that I might have missed. So who does she run into? She runs into a wolf pack. <gasps> Nymeria. Now you remember? Yes. Now uh, I remember. And Mira, we haven't seen her since what, season one, I guess, right? Yes, when she was and worried. Mira is Arya's, right? Not that, yes, it is. Yes, because um, Summer was Sansa's, and that was the one that was killed. And on Joffrey's orders, or on Robert's right, orders. Mira attacked Joffrey. Correct. So she was very worried that, well, I mean, rightly so. I mean, they were coming, they were coming to kill Nymeria, so she set her free. And basically chased her off actually because Nymeria didn't want to leave her now we see her fully grown leading a wolf pack and yeah she's like come on I'm going back north come with me but it's been too long yeah and Nymeria's like you know you got your thing I got my thing I'm, I'm, I'm the alpha dog of this wolf pack so <laughs> um, but that was a nice scene it's nice it, it was just like I think that was kind of a fan service scene just like oh look we didn't forget about Nymeria um, is the only dire wolf still alive I believe right I do believe so because yes, Rob's was Rob's was, was killed. killed with him. Uh, Sansa's Summer was killed. killed. Did, um, what happened to John's ghost? Or is Ghost still alive? Ghost might still be alive. Okay, I yeah, think Ghost might still yet. be alive. No, yeah. and I think Ghost Ghost has kind of become sort of like everybody's. He's almost like a member of the Nice Watch himself. Right, right. You is know, he, he yeah. I'm sorry, guys. Oh no! I was just gonna say he doesn't stick by John's side. Like John needs him, he's there, but he kind of he does his thing, and he's you know he's almost sort of like a member of the army himself. So he's he's a pretty yeah. So we lost Recons, and Brands is dead too, right? I believe so. Brands died in the whatever when the Three Eye Raven when they attacked his where he lived, right? Yes. And what about Recons? I think. Ramsey all screen maybe killed them they said oh I'm sure yeah I'm sure when and then, when <clears throat> excuse me yeah when they when they captured him and did Theon ever get one or no no Theon didn't Theon no didn't okay. yeah so no. yeah Mary is the only one alive and yeah and like you said it is it is a nice little you know 
hot pie is one thing like i said i think hot pie is like one of those characters where you're sort of like oh this could be a little fan service thing here seeing him but he's actually serves the key role and right. nymeria is is total fan service but it, it's fan service in a good way because it's not something like um, like hey whatever happened to her dire wolf uh, i really want to know that it's nice to see it you know where yeah. In some other films and things like that, they do fan service that it's like, I really didn't need to know that. You didn't need to do that. This this perfect touch. Perfect there's touch. Only, there's only one thing that would have made that scene better. What's that? If when Namiria came into the scene, she was being mm-hmm. written by John by Ed Sheeran and playing a song. Oh God. <laughs> no. <Okay. laughs> no. I just think maybe we can work into every episode this season. You know? No. Okay. All right. So uh, last we see Arya after Lemuria's uh, encounter uh, is she's on her way north. Yes. Uh, what's funny is because I'm like, great, now Arya's on her way north and John left the north. Are they ever going to see each other again? <laughs> they just keep know. missing each other. I'm like, Sandy, keep... you better not move. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we got to get all these Starks together. <laughs> you think they pass each other on the road at some point. Yeah, you would think so, but uh, I don't know. I think he has to sail out to see her. Who knows? Uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? All right, so um, so that's it for Arya this episode. So over in King's Landing, oh boy, uh, Cersei is talking to all the lords of the different lands, including the House Tyre, uh, the House Tyrell Bannerman, who, as we know, the House Tyrell went to Daenerys. Um, yes. And she's saying all these. You know what's awesome about the scene is everything Cersei mm-hmm. says about Daenerys is absolutely true, but the way she says it and presents it to the Bannerman paints Daenerys as such a horrible, evil person. But she didn't tell one lie. <laughs> she's like, look, she she crucified the nobles of this town when she, you know, she burned these these people to with dragons. And I'm like, she did all that. Yeah, she did do these things. Yeah. Yes, she did. And, it's like she brought these foreign invaders to our lands. I'm like, she did do that. She did do this. Yeah, like, absolutely. Crap, Cersei's Cersei's gonna be able to turn these people without telling them one lie. That's amazing. It is. It's it's really all in the way that she tells it, and pretty much what she does is kind of like what Tyrion was warning Daenerys about. Like, you don't want to come in there, big show of force, burn everything down. You're gonna lose the will of the people. And here we have Cersei basically framing out Daenerys is she's here to pretty much rape and pillage and burn us and you know I can save you you gotta pledge loyalty to me <sighs> yeah and who's there master but, manipulator but the Tarleys mm. are there yes Samwell's uh, yeah his, Samuel's his father, father and brother yeah Recon no Dickon Dickon <laughs> yes that name <laughs> James, will get, that, James yeah, that such a look when he goes because Jamie goes Recon, right? He goes, actually, Dickon. And Jamie looks at him like double take, like, all right. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm not going to be making fun of that later. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Here, here's, here's the thing. Obviously, they know what the word dick means. Right. Why do you name your kid that? Come on. Millions <laughs> of people still name their kid Richard. <laughs> so, um,. Anyway, so we know Mr. Tarly to be a hard man, but yes, kind of honorable and loyal in his way. They say he's the only one ever defeated um, uh, Rob Robert Baratheon, right? Is that what they said? Uh, yes. So yes, got skill apparently. Yes, and he's also incredibly wealthy as well. Yes. So he does have a lot of resources at his command. But I believe he loyalty to House Tyrell. He did do that, yes. Jamie but... offered him a lordship of the South once the war is over, if they help. If they help, and pretty much makes him second in command, I believe. Yes. Yes, yes. And I mean, and the thing there is, yes, it's to definitely to get them on their side. Uh, but they are a powerful ally, and he's not... You know, you look throughout history and, and you, you look back on, you know, you look back on the Civil War and you see some generals getting promotions because of who they knew and money and they were definitely not qualified. 
I mean, he's got money, he's got resources, but he is very, very qualified. So making him a second command, that's, I mean, that's a very good move, not just because of his wealth and his resources. Uh, he knows his way around the battlefield. So it's a great way to really shore up their allies and their and their army. Right, but you get this, you get this sense that here's a guy that's been loyal his entire life, that his word was his bond. Mm-hmm. Here he's breaking it because he was loyal to the House Tyrell. Now he's going to be loyal to the Lannisters. Here he's breaking it, and you just get this feeling. I don't know if 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 that'll wind up being a good decision for him. Yeah, I mean it's not something like he he doesn't hear. I mean he hears obviously he hears what Jamie offers him, and it's not he's not the greedy type that's just like oh this is what I've been waiting for. I'm gonna I'm gonna snap it up. I mean it really was you know a, a crisis of conscience it was a tough decision for him to make right. yeah is this is this going to come back to haunt him is it going to come back to really kind of get him in the end i mean we'll have to wait and see so yeah. and then uh the last scene we have in king's landing is her hand on her nose quite quite or something uh the yeah the, the former of, former yes. maester and maester yeah that turns um the mountain <laughs> zombie pretty uh, much <laughs> he shows basically um uh, cersei's like what you know how are we gonna fight these dragons and he basically shows uh, the game of thrones version of anti-aircraft gun which is basically a giant crossbow yeah and he uh he demonstrates it on the largest of the dragon skulls that they have down in the again in the basement yeah uh and it penetrates it no problem at all so yeah they do have an answer for dragons so this is really going to shape up to be something big i mean it's i honestly thought really up until this point you're not stopping dragons you know dothraki unsullied okay you're not stopping dragons Uh, you might you might be able to stop them so that that's kind of scary for for daenerys yeah so you really because they do the dragons do have like that little little art like scaled part of their belly that when they get arrow shot at them they kind of pull up and you know step forward and hits that little that little mm-hmm. the, the, you know the, the scaly part so it kind of bounces off so yes. you are you, yeah you're thinking like what's what could take a dragon down well giant crossbows apparently we think <laughs> or at least that's what the letters are hoping yeah exactly i mean it it worked in a demonstration is it going to work in the field uh but it's it's definitely it's if you're a fan of Daenerys, you're you're kind of holding your breath there, like, oh my god, this this could really spell trouble for her. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> so that's King's Landing, and then finally, yes. which uh, you know, we we talked last week about how it was very dialogue and character driven, and not a lot of action. Uh, and up until <laughs> this point, there was a lot of action, but this is one of the best battles. First of all, to see battle. Yes. Um, now I have, I I'll complain about it after we talk about it. Little little okay. nitpicks, okay. little nitpicks, not okay. little nitpicks. But anyway, so uh, we go to uh, so at Dragonstone. It's decided that, and I, I don't remember her name, but the, the the woman from Dorne that has the three daughters that are the snakes, right? Uh, the Greyjoys are going to bring them back to Dorne and then ferry back their entire army to lay siege, to lay siege to King's Landing. Yes. Um, now, if you remember, uh, Yura, not Yura, um, Yara, and yes. Theon, uh, Theon, Yar and Theon escaped with, I believe, a hundred. Their hundred best ships, right? That is correct. Yes. And and any men still loyal to their father and to them, and men and women, any sailors still loyal to the two of them. So they have a you know, hundred. They have the Iron Islands' hundred best ships and a lot of their probably best sailors, you would think. And they're mm-hmm. ferrying, going back to door to ferry back the army. Uh, on their way there, um, the I can't remember. The mother, Ilaria? It, it might be. The mother of the snakes. We'll, we'll just the mother of the snake. Yeah. So the mother <laughs> of the snake, um, her and her and Yara are about to have some, um, you know. They're flirting. Sexy fun time together. Yeah, they're and flirting. suddenly they get hit. Um, yes. They get jostled. And then they come aboard <sighs> and they see most of their ships are on fire. And they see this huge ship come out of the fog. And that they right away know it's Euron. <laughs> And Euron is first of all, this guy that plays Euron scares the crap out of me. Yeah. Like, legit scared. When he comes down on that and like they drop a like a, a metal plank so they can board and he's mm-hmm. riding it, 
his eyes and his face is like, <laughs> and it smashes right on one of one of the Yara's sailors and just crushes him. And he just gets off the ramp, starts slicing and dicing people. Uh, just insane. One of the best battles I've ever seen. They never go off of the one ship, but you know it's you know if it's this bad on the the flagship, all the other. I mean, there are just fireballs everywhere. Ships are getting hit. Uh, ships are sinking. Uh, the two of the sand snakes come to to fight Euron. They they get their hits in, but he just demolishes both of them. Yeah, uh, kills them both. I mean, they get some stabs and cuts in, but it's almost like and, and these are really. It's been established that they're really good fighters. So this oh, really yeah. helps understand a how good Euron is, uh, and later on when Yara faces him, how good Yara is too because she holds her own. Um, albeit he's not trying to kill her, but right. Basically, you know, Euron and his fleet dem- demolishes that fleet. Uh, killed two of the Sand Snakes. One of the Sand Snakes was down below with the mother protecting her. She does a good job of kind of holding them off until Euron gets down there. Oh no, Euron doesn't get down. And they drag the mother up, and she's left. The less you see the last thing, she's down at like four guys. About yeah. To fight. Know what happens to her yet. And um, so they're keeping her alive, the mother of the Snakes alive. And. This scene, I was so, so mad at the end of the scene because your uh, own best Yara has her in like a, a headlock and, you know, has his, his axe up to her throat as as Eon's about to go after him. And he's like, come on. He's like, I got your sister. Come on. And Theon's got his sword and he's looking at him. He's looking at Yara, looking at the ocean. I'm like, yeah. I remember I was like, why is he looking at the ocean? <laughs> What did that become an option? <laughs> He's I, reflecting. I, I think it's, I remember the first time, you know, when I saw this the first time, like, I'm like, don't do it, Theon, don't do it, because he's got a freaking history of running away at the yeah. end. And he kind of turned the corner a little bit, because, you know, he helped Sansa get away from uh, the Boltons, and he helped her. Yes. You know, when, when Brienne saved him, he was like, I'm going back home. And I'm like, come on, Theon, you, you've, been, you've been good at changing your ways. I'm like, you gotta fight, you gotta fight. I really thought it was the end of Yar. I thought it was the end of Theon. Mm-hmm. What's Theon do? He drops his sword and jumps into the ocean. Just jumps into the ocean. <sighs> PTSD. I mean, <sighs> yeah, that's who Ramsey did a. Did a Ramsey did a number on him. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I get it. I, I'm, I wasn't happy with it, but I get it. Um, but this is also when we find out that that Euron is keeping the mother of the snake alive and Yar mm-hmm. alive because when we saw him at the end of the last episode. He said he he needs to bring gifts to the queen because he wants her to marry her. He's like, how silly of me. I don't even have any gifts. <laughs> so this is going to be gifts. Now, this is awful because in one fell swoop, Daenerys loses two allies. Yeah. She loses the Greyjoys and she loses Dorne. Yeah, and she pretty much loses, you know, I mean, the Greyjoys were her fleet. So right. she's pretty much lost her navy and she's lost one of her armies. Absolutely. But this, I mean, kind of going back, but this was this was again for a television show. This was an incredible battle. When you see Euron's ship kind of come out of the dark and the smoke, and it just looms. I mean, when when we saw him enter um, King's Landing, and you see he's at the head, you're like, okay, his ship's a little bit bigger than everybody else's. But when you see his ship come, I mean, it's it's like the Titanic. I mean, it is huge. It is menacing. He is menacing. It's oh my god. This is this is one of the things that this show is known for is just epic battles. And I think this is really the first sea battle that we've really ever seen, except for the Battle of Blackwater. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, there was yeah there was some there, but uh, I mean, this is like everything took place on, on the ship here and. It's just, yeah, the ending of it is, I really thought, like you said, I really thought he turned the corner, but when I saw that hesitation, I was like, oh, God, he's going to run again. I'm wondering, do you think, what do you think Yara's, like, feeling is? Like, do, do you think that she's just like, oh, that, you know, he, he's a coward? Or do you think there's part of her that understands that he's been so traumatized that she, not that she's happy about it, but she kind of gets why he did what he did i don't know i think there's a little frustration there i'm i think for her 
there's got to be that feels like, look, man, I've had your back since you came back. Even to the point where, right before the attack, when uh, the, the mother of the snakes, you know, kind of orders him to get her a drink, Yara's like, he's not your servant. And he's like, it's okay. Like, she's still defending him. She's still mm-hmm. she's still trying to make him see. He's like, you're Greyjoy. You're more than her. He's he's the next in line for the throne, more or less, you know? I mean, yeah. by, their, by their laws or whatever. But... You know, he doesn't want it, and I think she's trying all she can to to really make him remember who he was, to get him past all the trauma. And this is like, here's, and that's what I was thinking too. Like, this is your moment, man. Stand up to this guy, help your sister. You know, yeah. Even if you die, it's a worthy death. You know, absolutely. Mike. No, no, no. I I couldn't agree more. But at the same time, you know, I mean, I was. I mean, horrified, upset. I mean, I was feeling all those things, but part of me, I was sort of like, you know, oh God, what this, what he went through. It's just, it's still with him and it's just a horrible thing. I mean, we have to wait and see. I mean, we have to wait and see what happens with him. What is Euron's plan for his hostages, his presence now? And yeah i mean a big uh a big part of daenerys's plan pretty much just went up in flames so how are they going to regroup that's you know some big questions you know as this as this episode begins to wrap up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's a huge hit on daenerys and and i remember the first time watching it uh you know you're hyped because of the first two episodes daenerys got her plan she's got her ally she's about to bring the pain and boom loses an army loses the navy yeah. Then you start thinking. Uh, this is what's great about the scene is it reminded me the first time I saw it. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm watching Game of Thrones. Nothing good lasts for long. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's very very true. <laughs> so that that's pretty much what did it for me. But man, I was like, it, this I, this episode was one of those when when the screen goes black and the credits are early, like no, because you're like, I want more. I want so much more. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I can't wait till, till next week when we watch, uh, you know, I'm trying to be true to it. Yes, I've seen them all, but I haven't watched season seven in a while. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to watch them once a week. So, uh, we're ready for the, for our podcast and, um, I'm going to make myself wait a week. Although I'll tell you, after I, I enjoyed this episode so much. I went back, I started watching yeah. season six. <laughs> okay. Like, like we're not doing shows on season six. I can watch as many episodes of season six as I want. So. <laughs> oh yeah well like i said you know my daughter is uh she's watching i think she's on season four now i believe so yeah i mean this is just a great show like i said we just saw you know and what we're watching we just saw john pretty much defend the wall against mance raider and, and, and the wildlings um and i'm just like i'm sitting there going this is why i love this show this is you know, we're talking about season seven. When season eight comes, we're going to talk about it. After that, I could keep going. I could go all the way back to the beginning, start yeah. all over again. This is just a great show, and no. not just not just for the action. So well written. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm starting to think like I'm going to have to watch season eight episodes twice before we podcast because so I can because the first time I want to watch as a fan, and the next time mm. I want to rewatch, so I can get my thoughts together about what we're going to talk about. Um, <laughs> And, and that's something, you know, for people that are listening, I, I mean, I don't, I, and I'm sure if you're a fan, you had to have watched these episodes multiple times. Definitely watch them multiple times because the first time, like like John said, you're, you're watching it as a fan and it's all new and it's just, you're just struck with awe. Second time, third time, fourth time, you pick up on little things and you see connections and you just, you just see deep down how great the show is so and it's something that it's not a chore it's definitely not a chore watching these episodes two or three <laughs> times no way no not at all yeah <laughs> it is it really is all right so this ends our uh discussion on season seven episode two stormborn stormborn uh, uh, join us next week for season seven episode three I do not know the name. <laughs> that can't be the name of it. I'm looking it up right now. Okay. <laughs> so while I'm doing that, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us? Absolutely. Well, of course, uh, you can find us. What, we, we, since last week, we have uh, kind of popped up just really about anywhere you can find a podcast. So Anchor, 
iTunes, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Google Play, Breaker, Spotify. Uh, we are on Instagram, gaboftrones.com, and there's a dot in between each one of those. So gab dot of dot thrones uh, on Instagram. Uh, we put up pictures. Maybe we'll start putting up some polls. Uh, sure. Absolutely. I'll uh, see if I can whip up some polls. Ooh, favorite snake. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> All right. So, again, join us next week for episode uh, season seven, episode three, The Queen's Justice. Ooh. That sounds good. That sounds good. Which queen? That's... Cersei, Daenerys? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? We'll find out. And always remember, a podcaster always pays his debts. And this is Jonathan reminding you that I drink and I know things. <laughs>